I, I'd like to pose a question this morning. By the way, our progressive Advent and Christmas Tide Nativity has grown. Baby Jesus is here with us. See, yeah, nice. Um, it's a good thing. I, I want to ask this morning if, if you could consider for a moment um, the idea of darkness and ask if, if you would be willing and would want to to think of a dark moment that you have experienced. Uh, darkness plays out in multiple ways. So, of course, um, we can be talking about physical darkness um, where you can't see. Um, we, we can, of course, be talking about that. I have a story in a little bit that I'll share um, about darkness. But this could also be perhaps a moment of emotional darkness or social darkness, perhaps, mental darkness, spiritual darkness. Um, and perhaps you have identified a moment in your life, um, perhaps the moment is now, perhaps it, the season is now. But when we consider darkness, I think that there are a lot of words that that come up in those moments, things like hopelessness, desperation, anxiety, restlessness, the list goes on, right? Confusion, perhaps anger, um, in addition to maybe things like sadness and things like that. I'd like us to consider the darkness that was prevailing when Jesus was born. The darkness that Jesus was born into. It's important for us to consider, I think, as we consider the good news and what is made possible with this birth, that it is a birth that changes the tone. It wasn't the um, kind of culminating moment of a progression of a good thing happened and a good thing happened and an even better thing happened and then an even better thing happened and now Jesus is finally here. There were some significant dark things that were taking place in and around the life of Christ when he was born. For example, his physical conditions of his birth were the result of someone saying, we, jo we just don't have enough for you. Space in a dwelling area. We just don't have enough for you. Leading up to this moment, his parents, in part, we could assume, were ridiculed for the scandal that this whole thing was. Keeping in mind that we have a young woman who was not married at the time of conception which is a tension that is still very much experienced in our world today. But her witness was that she had remained a virgin despite the conception of this child. And being associated with an older guy named Joseph, there was a scandal there. There was a tone, and, and hear this, there was a tone of not believing the woman. 
Are you hearing this? 2,000 years removed, I don't, there's parallel, right? There is some parallel. These are the conditions. We, don't, we just don't have enough. And this woman, this man, come on, the scandal, the government led by Herod and others was being run by fragile, cowardly authorities who were willing to go to war with anyone and anything that stood in their way, including a baby, including the rumor of a baby. Just the very rumor that there was a king that could be two years or less old, a rampage ensues because of a weak and fragile government. The list of groups that were becoming marginalized at the hands of the powerful was growing rapidly. Women, children, those who had physical and mental conditions, the poor, widows, orphans. And not only was that list growing, but the cultural stigmas that were attached to those groups of people, it was becoming even more of a bad scenario if you were in one of those categories. And you were becoming even more oppressed. And as the powerful got more powerful, the weak got weaker. I'd like us to consider the darkness that we may be experiencing right now. Have you been told recently or have you felt recently that someone did not have enough for you? When was the last time you felt like all of the fingers were being pointed at you? Are you sick of politics? Are you sick of systems and structures that don't really seem to work for everyone and they just end up being divisive? Are you sick of that? Do you feel like you're on the outs? Do you feel as though you are too far gone? If so, it is for you that Jesus has been born. It is for the lonely that Jesus has been born. It is for the neglected that Jesus has been born. It is for the one who is looking for something new, something that can last, and something that is higher and outside of someone's own self. Jesus has been born for those people. The scriptures call Jesus a great light. We've read scriptures. We've also sung about that light. A light that shines in our darkness and a light that illuminates the good in our lives and in the world. The good news of this moment in time and this moment in history is that Jesus is the ultimate and final light. 
and he has become this. We no longer need to look for a source of hope anywhere else because Jesus has been born into this world. The passage that Brother Wayne read for us, this language you heard of government now being on Christ's shoulders. When you hear government, hear the word leadership and rule and reign and authority, and then also hear that it's all his now. So we don't need to do two really big and important and key things. We don't need to rely on systems and powers and structures. And we also don't need to throw flaming arrows at systems and powers and structures. We don't have to rely We also don't have to be combative and violent and hate. We can just trust in Jesus. And we can view him as our light. So darkness. I said I had a story. Um, I sleep with a nightlight. Yeah. Um, Which means that so does Ty. Um, When Ty and I got married, our first bedroom was in our pastor's basement. Um, I don't want to brag or anything, <laughs> but man, I was really providing for my, uh, my wife and my, and her parents are here and, uh, man, just, they get to brag on this guy who took their only daughter home to a basement, man, it is, man, <laughs> and, uh, you know, basements rarely have windows. And so we were in a pitch black, dark room and, Um, This is all true, and Ty could absolutely attest to this. Um, I started developing night terrors. So one of them was, there's two I I think are worth sharing. Um, So one of them, so when I say night terror, I mean like my eyes are open, like I'm awake, but I'm seeing things. And for me, it's like, this is happening right now. One of them... (laughs) was uh, that there were these massive spiders just crawling all over the room. I mean, spiders as big as dogs, right? Um, Just big old spiders. And so as the protective husband that I need to be, um, I wake up Ty, who's just sleeping so peacefully and is just so uh, just warm and cozy. I'm Ty, you got these spiders everywhere. And just in that process of waking her up and her going, what are you you talking about? And and then I, I come to, there's no spiders. And then I go back to sleep and Ty's laying there like, what just happened? Because, <laughs> of course, there were no spiders. That big. Um, the other one, okay, so if you've seen Wizard of Oz, you know those flying monkeys at the end? Um, <laughs> that's a good start to a story, isn't it? So I, I'm telling you, I saw it. It was happening in the basement room. These flying Wizard of Oz monkeys had Grandma Alice... This is my mother-in-law's mother. They were holding her and flying above our bed. And they were going to drop her. (laughs) And I said, Ty, you've got to get up, Grandma Alice. She's in the air and the monkeys and they're flying. And she's like, what are you talking about? She didn't hit me. And I go, oh, okay. I'm back to sleep. Ty's laying there. (laughs) 
we happened upon a solution. It was a little nightlight. Now, why do I share that story? Um, because it doesn't take much light to make a huge difference. So what I want you all to know this morning is the same person that we call the light of the world calls us the light of the world. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, this collection of writings, the audience is that list of marginalized people that I read about. Jesus gives his declaration of how life is going to be flipped. And he says, hear this, he says these words to the poor. He says these words to the outcast, to the marginalized, to the widows. He says to them, you are the light of the world. He doesn't go stand in front of the government buildings and the big, massive temples and churches and synagogues, and he doesn't go to the mansions. He goes to the wilderness where they already are because they were pushed out there, and he says, you are the light of the world. It was a little nightlight that was able to be present, and I no longer had distorted vision. There is a light that is among us today. Now, the, the solution to my issue was not to get a big spotlight <laughs> that was going to be blinding and offensive and uh, look at me or get out type of stuff. It was a little itty-bitty light made all the difference. So why do I share that this morning? Is because I think, I believe, I feel that if we were to look for it, we would all be witnesses to darkness. And the reason that it's worth mentioning is because I would love each and every one of us to know that you are the little light that's needed to make that dark moment different. It's simple stuff, it's waves, it's handshakes, it's high fives, it's words of encouragement. It's also some things that are a little bit more daunting for us, but meaningful things like, hey, would you like to come over to my house for dinner next week? I want you to hear those types of things as light moments, because you're the light of the world. And when you pray for your enemies, and when you do things like are more mindful of those who are marginalized, and when you do things like commit to rhythms and commit to a group of people, 
And when you do things like engage with the scriptures and pray, and when you do things like give of your time and your energy and your resources to the world around you, you are being the light. You are saying there's a different way that I can go about this, and I'm going to do it. So you're the light of the world. And that's not me saying that. That's the one who we call the light of the world saying that. His light shines, and it shines through us. So um, I'd like to do something special. Uh, hey, Reachway kids, can you bring your candles, and can you come up here, please? They, they know about this. Um, we did this last year, and, and we'll do this every year. Um, I, don't wanna, I don't want us to miss this moment, okay? So really cool imagery. The church has historically been really good about imagery. Um, and if you have a candle, go ahead and grab yours. And if you don't have one, um, we can get you one real quick here. Um, but in just a moment, we are going to take light. And that light is going to be distributed throughout the room. And I don't want us to miss the fact that it is going to first be shown through our children. So the light of the world comes through a, a child, right? One of Jesus' key and foundational things that he said was, welcome children, which is you guys. Um, understand their value and their, their ability to be the good news and to be what it is to me Christ-like.